hope you guys are having an amazing week so far and happy new month. We're in November and I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. I'm so excited. As I always say, new months, new weeks, those are like my fresh starts where I get to kind of reassess and set my goals. And there's only two months left in the year, which is mind boggling. I feel like this year went by so fast that things that happened in April of this year, I've been talking to people and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, when you went on vacation last year and they're, and they're like, no, we went this year. But I guess that's what happens when you're doing what makes you happy and you're not really keeping track. Things just kind of fly by. So we have two months left in the year, in the quarter, take some time to reassess, be kind to yourself, be okay if things aren't going exactly as planned see where you can adjust and change and go from there the year is not a write-off yet we have a little less than 60 days and a lot can happen sometimes we start the week on a Sunday and by Saturday things have flipped on their heads so how much more so for about I think 57 or so days or 56 by the time you guys hear this there's still a lot of time left get it done be kind to yourself and just do what you need to do as i said i hope you guys had an amazing week mine has been really good um this past monday i had the chance to go and speak with a grade nine um girls health class one of my high school gym teachers Um, is at a different school now and I um, contacted her with regards to my book and we kind of got to talking and we got into the fact that I do motivational speaking and she asked if I would like to come and start off her healthy sexuality course with her students and I was like yes when Monday cool I'm there (laughs) like I was so excited because talking with students is one of the things that I've been really wanting to do and one of the reasons is because I know when I was in high school I thought I knew everything and not being really comfortable speaking with my parents about things not because they weren't open but you know young kids we feel we know it all and sometimes because we know we don't know it all and we know the answers we don't want to hear we we avoid having certain discussions with our parents and more well-seasoned and matured adults even though it would prove very beneficial if we did and would probably save us a lot of missteps I think is the best way to say it so what I spoke to them about was self-love and healthy relationships and I spanned healthy relationships from romantic to friendships to family and self-love from all levels. And we also spoke a little bit about consent and not only from a sexual place, but also anything, any, any time or moment where somebody has access to you and the rights you have over your own body to deny anybody access to you at all times. And with speaking with grade nine students who are like, I guess, 13, 14, maybe 15, I'm not sure. It's been a while. I think it's more 14, 15. Yeah, speaking with them and being able to talk about what happened to me when I was in grade nine and the feelings I had in high school and how they really 180'd when I left high school. I feel that 
I was able to kind of give them a good perspective. And because of the fact that, well, I'm 27, so I guess I'm kind of old, but I'm not as old as probably many of their teachers. And I'm still kind of young in the sense that high school was not so far off that my high school experiences are unrelatable to them. But the fact that I could tell them about things that happened in high school from like a fresh memory place and relate it back to them, I feel like that really made them open up. And it was just really nice to be able to speak to people and have them engage. And these young, mature women, because we look at little kids and think that they don't understand, but you'd be shocked what kids are going through and how much more maturity they have than what we give them just based on the fact that they're in their teens, you know? And it felt really good. I was so happy to share my knowledge and advice and I gave them my Instagram so that if they wanted to continue to have conversations with me or kind of have that mentor, that mentor-mentee relationship or even friend to some extent, I'm so happy and more than willing to be there. And aside from all of that, I was super grateful to have been given the opportunity because it's a lot for an educator or an adult to trust you to feed information to the young minds that they're in charge of, you know? And once you give someone the mic or the opportunity to speak, (laughs) they can really take it left. And what do you do at that point? So to be seen by my high school teacher as someone who is capable and mature enough that she can trust me to take 40 minutes of her class time to speak to her students is just something that I am so, so grateful for and thankful for. So yeah, outside of all the squishy stuff and all the good positive things, I hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were love and stupidity are twins, but one is raised by reciprocity and the other by neglect. And what I find that this is, is hindsight knowledge through and through. And hindsight knowledge is when we step outside of a situation and we really get to look at it from an unbiased and a I know the beginning and the end kind of place. And when we know the beginning and the end of situations and we see how our actions were taken or the actions that we took based on what we thought in the beginning and seeing in the situation that things go left, how the end is, it kind of makes us want to be upset about the actions that we took in the beginning. And what I really found is that Hindsight knowledge pretty much changes how we feel when our motives aren't self-based. And this is not always easy, but the the main thing that I've noticed is that when our motives are done in the way that they are because we truly believe in what we're doing. So if I act in a way of love towards somebody because I truly loved that person and I wanted to do what made me happy just based on the fact that this is who I am and this is who I'm going to give to someone. Even when it's repaid by neglect, I may not, I will be less likely to feel like those actions were stupid because I didn't do them with hopes of getting something in return. Even though it feels amazing to get something in return and the goal is usually to have your feelings reciprocated and for other people to show you love in the way they know how but in the event that they don't which is just 
a part of life. Not always will we be in situations where people will share their love and affection with us the way that we've shared it with them or in the way that we hope they would. But basing our motivation to act the way we do on ourself and what we feel will kind of buffer us from feeling that stupidity that comes from being like, I really went above and beyond for this person and I couldn't even get a thank you, you know, because there will be situations like that. And that just leads into the fact that the actions we take, we need to take them because of who we are. Because the only person that we can truly attest for and bank on is ourself. And yes, there are people who we trust and people who we feel will never let us down. But in the off chance that they do let us down or they disappoint us, we need to be able to stand firm in the fact that the decisions we made were because of our willingness to do them and because of who we are. And that's something that I've really had to come to terms with this year, I'd say, is that when you go above and beyond for somebody and you and you expect them to do it back for you and they don't, it puts you in a really angry place. Like the feeling of stupidity comes from embarrassment that you went all out and someone didn't reciprocate it. It comes from feeling used and the reason why you feel used is because you've given something to somebody and they've just taken it without giving anything back and you only feel used when it's a quid pro quo situation because you were expecting them to give you something back but when you give out of your abundance and it can blow with the wind it can be returned back to you it can not it can fall on deaf ears or it can land on the ground you you put yourself in a place where you don't have to worry about feeling stupid or feeling like yeah pretty much feeling stupid if you come to the situation where that person or those people do not react in the way you wanted all we can account for always is ourselves so we need to act and operate from that place and it really saves you a lot of regret and a lot of hindsight anger (laughs) because that's what happens when we end a relationship or something goes left and we start to really think about all we did it just boils you on the inside because you're like why did I do all of this but when you do it because it's who you are you save yourself a lot of that anger and frustration so now I'm gonna get right into our talk for this week and I'm going to be talking to you about strength So a few weeks ago, I was reading my Bible and I came across this verse that really hit me in a different way than what I think was the intended purpose of the writer. And the verse was for um, the end of 1 Corinthians 14, um, 26. And what was said was, everything you do must strengthen all of you. And in the verse... Um, They're talking to the Corinthians about how each person has a responsibility and each person should do whatever their responsibility is with the end goal that everything you do must strengthen all of you. But I guess because it's getting to the end of the year and I'm super reflective like all the time and especially this year, that one sentence of everything you do must strengthen all of you like hit me on a personal level and I interpreted it 
interpreted it, guys, my English, I'm sorry, <laughs> in a way that um, made me feel like I needed to do some certain things to strengthen myself. And the angle that I took it from is the fact that many times we laser vision on our one goal or on our specific goals so much so that we weaken other parts of us. And I found, especially with this year and all of the steps that I've taken into entrepreneurship, into independence, into self-love, that balanced success is a very, very real possibility and that it's very possible that we don't lose certain parts of ourselves in the goals to attain new things. And these new things can be anything from like success in terms of personal fitness, anything that we are just kind of focused on and are in in the process of improving, it's very possible for us to not lose other parts of ourselves. And when I say not lose other parts of ourselves, I'm saying not losing other beneficial parts because there are some parts of us that need to be let go of when we're in a better place because they no longer serve us or they've been detrimental to us. So when I say not losing or not weakening parts of us, I'm talking about parts of us that should not be weakened, not not parts of us that should be weakened and should be suppressed. So in case anybody thinks of it like that, that's not what I'm saying. So improving in strength in one place does not mean that you need to have weakness in others. So I just came up with five part um like five concepts that we can strengthen in and that we should pay attention to to ensure that we're not weakening in other places because based on myself and based on just thinking about people in my life who have gone through transitions or seen people go through transitions, I've noticed that in that transitory phase, there are certain things that kind of do tend to weaken. So if we can pay attention and strengthen all of ourselves, it'll be much better. So the first point is while you strengthen your intellect, don't weaken your humility. Let me repeat that while you strengthen your intellect, don't weaken your humility. And this is something that I've seen time and time again, especially with, this is more so um, academics or just becoming the master of something really difficult for the average person. And what I found is that when people start to strengthen their intellect, so people going to master's programs, PhDs, people becoming an expert in their craft that a lot of times it weakens humility. So they don't have the ability to be humble. Um, We lack the ability to understand that not everybody's at our level and that that's okay. We, We become frustrated with people when they don't understand. And because of the fact that we've accomplish something or the fact that we are becoming a master in something, we look at ourselves from a place of being better than people who are, I guess, average or below average in that place. And it's absolutely possible and it's better for you if when you are increasing your intellect that you also make sure that you keep strength in your humility because trust me, when you become a master of one craft and you feel like you're better than people, there will come a time where there's another craft that you're not the master of, where you will need assistance. And 
staying humble and staying level-headed as you continue to grow will not only make it easy to get help along the way, but it will also make it easier for people to help you facilitate your growth because you're not becoming a monster because of the fact that you're growing in one place. The second is while you strengthen your drive, don't weaken your health. And I think this is one that a lot of people really deal with, especially in the corporate or business aspect of things. And when you become driven, there's this whole concept of I'm hustling, I'm grinding. And you guys know how I feel about the whole hustle and grind mentality. It's important to work hard, but you don't need to work so hard that you you don't get sleep, you don't eat properly, you don't you don't take care of your body in the way you do. And this is something that I tell myself a lot. Um I bake And sometimes I'll take on an order and it'll be something really big. Like this past weekend, I had a three-tier cake and I had another cake and I had cupcakes and I still had my book stuff to do and everything else planning for this talk that I did with these students. And I realized because I (laughs) I track my habits in my bullet journal that I wasn't drinking nearly as much water as I usually do. I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't taking my vitamins. And at the end of the day, what all of that will do is one, like mess up your system, especially when you're very routine. And two, it'll make you crash and you won't be able to continue to work hard or do the things that you were doing. So when we're strengthening our drive, it's important that our health stays strong as well because when you're healthy, when you're balanced, when, and this is physical health, mental health, rest, I feel like rest is a major, major, major part of my physical and mental health. When I'm tired, I'm irritable. I am snappy. I forget what I'm supposed to do. Things that would take me one hour might end up taking me two because my processing is off. So as we strengthen our drive and we continue to grind and get to our goals in whatever way we do it's important that we make sure that our health is just as strong because it's not the thing to be sacrificed because our body has a way of shutting itself down to force us to give it the things it doesn't it needs when we are neglecting those things and what that will do is instead of you just stopping to drink your eight glasses of water taking your vitamins in the afternoon and maybe getting an extra 30 minutes of sleep and being able to use the rest of the day to focus on what you're doing you'll instead now be sick with the flu physically weak for three days like because that's what happens to me I get sick sick like I won't be able to move for maybe three or four days and even after that I'll have to slowly get myself back into it and If you had just taken 45 minutes out of each day to make sure that your health was as strong as your drive, you wouldn't now be put on your your back bedridden for four days, stressed out about the fact that you can't accomplish any of your goals. The third is that while you strengthen your goals, don't weaken your compassion. And there's this Nigerian quote that my mom always says, I cannot remember it for the life of me right now, but it pretty much goes along the fact of, um, along the lines of when God gives you assistance and strengthens you, don't call your friend lazy. And I find that when people get into the groove and into the pocket of what they're supposed to be doing, who they're meant to be, when they're really hitting their goals, 
it sometimes weakens people's compassion to those around them who are not there yet. And it gets into this whole, oh, you're just lazy. I picked myself up and did this. And it's great. And congratulations for the fact that you've picked yourself up and you've set these goals for yourself and you've accomplished them. It's amazing. Pat yourself on the back if necessary. But it's important not to forget the moments that you didn't have it all together and not use your today to to rag on or make people feel about bad about their today because not so long ago your yesterday was probably their today you know so it's important that when we're getting in the groove and we're doing well and our hard work has started to pay off we don't look at somebody else and discount the fact that they are putting in hard work and remember that not everybody's like you and a journey that may take you a week may take take somebody a year but ultimately they get to the destination that they're meant to get to so it's important to always strengthen your compassion for people especially because right now you might be in the pocket of your goals but if growth happens and there's new requirements of you it could become very possible that you might fall out of pocket and then what happens then do you now start to humble yourself because you're no longer there instead of getting to that place where you fall out of your pocket and then start to understand that it may not be that easy why not just strengthen your compassion as you strengthen your goals and you strengthen your accomplishments to make sure that you understand that everybody is in their journey and everybody is going through it the way they do and to also protect yourself because Today is all we can see and yesterday we can look at with hopes of the future. But in the case that the future doesn't go the way we would have wanted it to, we it's better to be in a place where we've been kind to those around us and that we've been a human being, not an idealistic robot because things have gone well for us at whatever stage in life. The, th- the fourth one is while you strengthen your health, don't weaken your joy and this is more so for health in terms of fitness and eating well and things like that because I and it's pretty much a health goal because I've seen a lot of people who get really into these health type of situations where they want to just be healthy hit these goals and on their journey to fitness and health, mental health, whatever, they get so fixated on it that they lose happiness. They lose the ability to even enjoy a meal that is maybe indulgent without feelings of guilt. And I feel that anything that we're doing and any goal that we're on, so even though I said while strengthening your health, it could be kind of while strengthening anything, don't weaken your joy because we get so fixated on the fact that once we get to our goal, we will be happy that we're willing to suffer on the journey. But what then happens if you don't get to your goal? What then happens if the goal that you thought you had isn't everything that is cracked up to be and you've been postponing your happiness and joy for this moment and when that moment comes, it's trash. So it's important that we continue to find joy and purposefully pursue joy in everything that we do because all we know is this moment that we're in right now and if that's all we know and that's all we can 
100% bank on with fact. Yes, faith is a whole different ball game, but if all we can bank on is here and now, the least you can do is pull happiness and joy in your here and now, strengthen it so that you are celebrating the little wins and not just holding out in hopes that that big win will be when the confetti blows and everything. Because sometimes when we're even on the journey to greatness, we feel like getting into greatness will be a huge jump. It'll be like a marathon where you see the ribbon and you run through it and you're like, yay, I've, I've made it, I've entered. But what I've really found is that entering into greatness is tiny millimeter baby steps and it's not until you stop and think like damn I am I am where I thought I wanted to be and it wasn't as dramatic to get here as I thought it would be and then what happens then you thought it would be this whole screaming and cheering thing but you wake up one morning and you're doing exactly what you wanted in life and you've been so focused and serious and unjoyful trying to get there that you are there now and you still don't have joy. So it's just very important that as we strengthen our drive and our health, that we don't weaken our joy as well. And the last is that while we strengthen our new relationships, we don't weaken old good ones. Keyword good ones. (laughs) And this is something that I also find and see with a lot of people is that when we are in the pocket. Like I'm just going to keep saying in the pocket because it's usually when we get to where we want to be, when we enter into the circles, we've always kind of seen ourselves in as we strengthen those bonds and relationships and enter into whatever it is that, or wherever it is we feel we should be. We sometimes weaken the old and good relationships that have been there for us, that have been longstanding, that have been supportive, that have even been the catalyst to push us into where we want to be. So you don't want to be that person who arrives. Let's put that in quotes because arrival is a dumb concept. You never really arrive. Everything is a layover (laughs) for the most part. You're constantly moving on to something else, but you don't want to be that person when you arrive and you strengthen your, your career or your boss level or your finances you now weaken your relationships with the old people who were there for you when you weren't even who you are now when these goals that you've accomplished were just pipe dreams and it's important to not let life and the good things that are happening get to our heads so much that we want to lose sight of the fact that there was a journey involved with getting to where we are and that there were many people involved on that path and that those great people still deserve respect, still deserve time. I know time changes. Like it might not be that now that you're where you need to be, there might be more requirements of you. So maybe we can't hang out every Friday, but checking in on these people, checking for their well-being, not just kind of giving them a highlight reel of how fantastic your life is, is very important because there's more to life than where we are now. There's more to life than accomplishing new things. There's more to life than entering new circles because I've even seen, um, this is kind of off, but people who enter into new circles and kind of forget the people who were there for them and weaken their relationships with those people so much so that when that new circle that they're in kind of exiles them or isn't what they thought it was cracked up to be, they 
kind of try and find a way to weasel themselves back into these relationships that they've weakened. And in doing so, these people just want no parts with them because it's offensive and it makes it seem like these people are invaluable to you unless what they're doing in your life is directly propelling you. And based on the fact that last time they helped you grow or that they were with you, the moment you felt like you had reached your pillar, you kind of dumped them. And it's no good because you don't know where and when good people are going to come into your life and where they're going to be useful and be the person that you need. And that's why I do, I try my best not to burn many bridges. I have friends from elementary school, my grade one teacher, mind you, I was in grade one in 1996, still vividly remembers me because I've kept that relationship. And I feel like it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture when we're heading towards our drive. And in all, the whole situation and the concept of of strength is that you shouldn't become so fixated on any one thing that it blocks or hinders you from the other important part of you. And the when I was writing this episode, the one thing that really came to my head was when you see those guys who skip leg day in the gym all the time, the ones who are so buff on their top and they only work out their upper body and their legs are so tiny. And we do not want to be in life the equivalent of those people who skip leg day. We want to be fully strong, fully able, and balanced in all parts of us because when we're balanced in all parts of us, it just helps us be a better, well-oiled machine, a more highly functioning person, a more balanced person, a happier person. And at the end of the day, those are the goals that we have for ourselves. So I really, really hope that helps you guys and it puts things in perspective. So if you've been skipping leg day, hypothetically or physically, maybe it's time to get back in the gym. Take a little break from that upper body tricep area and work on those parts of you that are a little too weak. Because the reason why the people who skip leg day is the perfect example is because when you see them as a whole, maybe if they take pictures on Instagram and they're showing you their arms and their upper body, you'll be like, damn, this person's ripped. This person looks amazing. But when they step out, and you see the whole picture of them, it's very obvious that necessary parts of them aren't being strengthened and that they're focusing on one thing. And what does it do? It makes them look disproportionate <laughs> because you're balancing heavy weights on weak <laughs> weak legs and you don't want to balance heavy, strong weights emotionally, mentally, physically on weak foundations because you haven't focused on them. So it's just pretty much so you don't topple over. <laughs> So I really hope that helps again. And I'm just going to wrap this up. I'm going a little long with our words to live by for this week. And they are stop negotiating with your demons. And this is something that I think all of us do. And demons might sound excessive or dramatic, but essentially your demons are anything that you know you shouldn't have in your life, any situations that you know you shouldn't be in, any bad habits that you know are detrimental and you need to get away from. And what I find is that, especially with habits, because they're habits and they're so difficult to quit cold turkey, we start to negotiate with them. So I know I shouldn't do this, but maybe if I just did it once a week or maybe if I just did it for five minutes and stopped, it wouldn't be so bad. But what I need to tell you is that our demons are 
and I chose this word because of the fact that it's so dramatic, are things that are hindering us and that are bad for our lives. So what we need to do is stop negotiating with them. We need to stop allowing them and to take precedence or to have control over us. And it's time for you to quit cold turkey in whatever way you can because we need to stop. We need to let the things that need to die, die. And it'll leave room for much more positive things. So I hope you guys have an amazing week. My book is still for sale through my brown eyes on Amazon. Thank you to you guys who have gotten copies so far. I'm seeing the analytics and I'm super, super happy. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.